Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you doing today, Michael? A little nervous. Why are you so nervous? A nervous. Well, uh, going through this movie uh, makes you constantly know who's around you, watching your back. A little, uh, little nervous. Well, it's nothing personal. It's business. <laughs> today, my friends, we are going to the greatest movie ever made. A movie that is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. We're going to the movie that began it all, The Godfather. It was released on March 24 of 1972. The movie itself was almost three hours long. Long movie. A very, very long movie. I'm liking this with the music in the background. Maybe we should be that church that plays that music while we're uh, finishing our sermons. Uh, could be. It's very <laughs> relaxing. I'll let you know it's coming to an end. The cost <laughs> of The Godfather was somewhere between 6 and $7.2 million. Got to include all the payoffs, bribes. Well, yeah. you know, again, it's <laughs> not personal. It's not personal. It's business. It's business. And the box office... For 1972 money was insane. A lot of money. 250 to 291 million dollars worldwide at the box. In 1972 money. A lot of money. This is a movie that we could absolutely call a blockbuster. Yeah, if this if this was done today, the cast alone would be 100, 120 million. Oh, good heavens. This yeah. cast was insane. But it all begins with the director. He's a big time. And three-namer. You know, but it's funny. Back when he did this, he wasn't no. big time yet. Not yet. This movie made him the big time. Made him producer. Yeah. yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, now, what's interesting about Francis Ford Coppola is that, and I did not know this, he was co-writer for another one of my all-time favorite movies, Patton. Oh, yeah. Great movie about George Armstrong Patton uh, with uh, uh, George C. Scott playing Patton. Phenomenal movie. He's a co-writer on it. I had no idea. But this movie is going to launch, obviously, Godfather 2, Godfather 3. Uh, the saga. And he also did this other little movie with his main actor in this movie, <laughs> a little movie called Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now. Now. A couple of them in it. Yeah. Oh, boy, that was a dark movie and uh, also did peggy sue got married so he shows a little diversity and uh, the rainmaker oh uh, the little, rain little grisham oh good movie there yeah. too yeah you know they hired francis ford coppola to do this movie because he understood the italian culture they needed a guy who understood uh, old world italy somebody who could immerse themselves in this this mafiosa mindset. You, you, you use mafiosa, and uh, you might notice the word mafia never is used in this movie because never. he got paid a visit by somebody before he made this movie, and one of the things they yeah. said is, 
We don't use the word mafia. We don't use the word mafia. No, nope. you know, it's, it's not in the movie. It's not personal. <laughs> it's, it's business. business. <laughs> Somebody uh, must have made him a... Uh, what was made him an made offer. Him he an offer, couldn't yeah. refuse. He's like, uh, okay, I'll leave Mafia out in the movie. You know, uh, in this particular movie, and we're just going to be throwing out these one-liners left and right, I'm sure, right. as we consider this thing, uh, is built upon maybe one of the most prolific casts ever put together for a movie. It's huge. And... Uh, it begins with uh, the family itself. And, you know, when we consider the family itself, it, it begins first and foremost with Don Vito Corleone. The Don. The Don Vito Corleone. Uh, played by Marlon Brando. And, you know, the, um, the uh, piece he wore in his mouth to kind of give that jutted jaw look. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on display in a museum, if you can believe. I'm not surprised. Uh, that's how iconic this movie is and his role as Vito Corleone. Now, we know him from, as we just mentioned, Apocalypse Now. He plays that dark, shadowy character there. But his career was made in movies like A Streetcar Named Desire, On the Waterfront, Julius Caesar, The Last Tango in Paris... Here's two movies I totally forgot about. He was in the movie The Freshman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he was in the 1978 Superman movie. Well, if you were going to find who is Superman's father, yeah. why not the Don? Why not Vito Corleone? But, but you're still missing uh, one of my favorites. Which one is that? Guys and Dolls. Oh. It's the part Peyton played. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Sky Masterson. Yeah. Yeah, this is oh, true. Yeah. yeah, I have that down, and I didn't even mention it. Look oh, at that. there you go. Now, Sky. let's talk about his children. Uh, we'll get to his wife later, but let's talk about Vito Corleone's children. It begins, first and foremost, with Michael Corleone. He is the youngest son of the family and will become the primary character as the movie unfolds. It's played by... A very, very young Al Pacino. Very young. He only had three acting credits up to this point. Yeah, he's like 20. They took a, they I think took he a was chance. 26 or 27 yeah. when he did this movie. Now, we know him from everything that followed this movie. Huge. Serpico, Scarface, Dog Day Afternoon. He was in Dick Tracy. He comes back in a mafia-type movie, The Irishman. We all know him from Scent of a Woman. Mm. Oh. <laughs> and oh, let's yeah. let's not forget, most recently, and we, we've yet to have our our fashion consultant come in, Jared. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. He's most recently in House of Gucci. House of Gucci. I, I loved him in Heat. Oh, Heat's a good one, too. And uh, The Devil's Advocate. I mean, who else are you going to get to play the devil? But I'm telling you what, most people good. really know Al Pacino from Scarface. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody knows on. it's another one of those where you could say the line everybody knows it. say hello to my little friend exactly. i mean come on it's just brilliant that's a he's a tremendous tremendous actor and he's playing the youngest corleone child next comes sunny or santino sunny he's the oldest corleone child played by tough guy james Kahn. i mean he exudes tough guy there's no doubt And we know him from movies like Rollerball, Misery. Uh Uh-huh. Good ones. He was in the television show Las Vegas. And, oh, by the way, 
he too was in Dick Tracy along with Al Pacino. <laughs> oh boy. And a movie we talked quite a bit about last week. He's in 1941. Oh yeah. I've I my itch has been scratched. I think we need to watch 1941. You have to watch out. I think we do. But, but you're still missing his range. Oh no no, we're getting there. Silent movie, the Mel Brooks one. He was in that. Okay. Uh for you. I love Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo was my friend. Yeah, he, he made me cry in Brian's Brian song. He's song. so good as Brian Piccolo. He plays Brian Piccolo in Brian's song. And let's not forget a little movie we did, which is still one of our top five podcasts of all time. He plays the father to Elf in the movie Elf. Elf, yeah. And and, and I had uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh. He voices in that. That's right. Range, baby, range. But I, I still remember him as a kid watching the movie Rollerball. I mean, that's a... Oh, it's such a great movie. That's it's such, violent. Oh, it's violent and dark. Yeah, and the, the original one, not the remake. Not the original the remake. so good. Oh, and he's... he's oh, yeah, he's great in that. And he's he's mean. He's oh, yeah. tough. I mean, he's... You have to be playing Rollerball. Well, and being Sonny Corleone. That's I true. I mean, you got to be that's a true. tough guy. Well, and after Misery. <laughs> yeah, where else do you go, right? <laughs> Good Such heavens. Good then movie. we have then we have the middle brother who's a, a little special. Uh he's just he's special's just, a nice way to put he's it. He's just not sharp. He's just not smart. He's he's just a little dull. Fredo. Kinda like his movie career. Yeah, well, and he's that's played by John Cazali. And and John had a very short career. Now what's funny is he's in the movie The Deer Hunter, a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Love the Deer Hunter. Haven't seen it. Oh, with Christopher Walken. Great yeah. movie. Oh, it's a great movie. And then he happens to be in a little movie with Al Pacino called Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, had that one. But John Cazali, his life is cut short. He dies of lung cancer yeah. at the age of 47, 48 years old. Really didn't have a huge wealth of movies, but forever to be known as Fredo. Fredo, yeah, he's in one and two and got one episode in of this Godfather saga. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I, I didn't see the TV thing before. No, so. no, and that didn't really go yeah. anywhere. Um, now, playing the sister, the lone girl of the family, is Talia Shire. She plays Connie. And Connie, we know Connie from one place. One place more so than even the Godfather. One place in the universe. Yeah. Where is that place in the universe? Of course, Rocky. Adrian! Adrian! So I was trying to think, is there anybody that has been in two iconic, you know, multiple movie? I think it's her, Harrison Ford. Hmm. Because she's got Godfather and Rocky. Harrison Ford, of course, is Indiana Jones and Star Wars. This is true. So I don't know. I think they go head to head. I mean, she she really didn't do much else besides five Rockies and these three Godfathers. But what else do you need to do? Exactly. Honestly, you know, what else was, would you need? She's to right do. up there with Harrison Ford. I think when it comes to t- being a part of two iconic, oh. long running movie series and like that. Oh my! Culturally goodness. influential movies. These these are the kinds of movies that. Speak not only about culture, but speak into culture and moves culture in a different place. And I think you're yeah. right on that one. That's a good catch. That really is a good catch. She also happens to show up and kiss the bride, pizza with bullets. But these are nothing. These are nothing. These are not I'm rocky. Sure she had trouble getting characters because everybody had her typecasted. I mean, we've heard that from a lot of them. You look at like Carrie Fisher. 
some of the terrible movies, Soap Dish as a side actor and all that. I mean, she couldn't get in anything right. because she was Princess Leia. Yeah. You yeah. know, Mark Hamill ended up doing all that voice stuff. Why? He was Luke Skywalker. Always will so be. I'm sure she was kind of, between Adrian and, and Connie here, she was kind of typecast. Well, and if you look, even Al Pacino uh-huh. plays a very similar type of character right. in a lot of these movies. It's, that's a good point. Yeah. So those are the children. Now let's talk about... <laughs> With kids like those. No. No, let's talk about <laughs> Mama Corleone, and she's there. Oh, she's boy. always present in the background, played by Morgana King. Now, she was in a Brooklyn state of mind. But here's the thing that I really didn't know about her. You know, in the movie, there's a scene early on, the wedding scene, and she's mm-hmm. up there and she's singing with the singers. She's she was there. She was a singer. Yeah. She was an entertainer. She was on the Dean Martin show as well as the Danny Kay show. Well, this was her first movie credit, and she only had a total of nine acting credits. Yeah. I mean, this was her. She was more of a singer. She was, yeah. she was a crooner. There's no doubt about she's that. She's on the soundtrack. Uh, now, playing Michael <clears throat> Corleone's love interest... In the United States mm. is Diane Keaton. Uh, the character is Kay Adams. And we really know Diane Keaton from Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. Something's got to give. The Family Stone, the father of the Bride series. Uh, that's where we know her from. But, First Wives Club. But love her. Yeah, but this is where she really got her career Definitely. cooking. Playing Kay, the non-Italian kind of outsider coming into the clannish family. And, and I think it's a sequel where we really get her more, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's she's definitely a bigger part in the sequel. But, but she's a big part in this one. And the, the end of this movie really <clears throat> tips the hand of where they're going in the second. True. Now, playing the adopted sort of brother into the family i well, we should have included him with the kids I didn't oh think i about do that. Yeah. i i include tom yeah, hagan the character tom hagan who's the conciliary you gotta have the conciliary right and this is the one who is vito corleone's kind of right hand you know listening ear legal count he has he's a lawyer he has one one client vito corleone <laughs> i just that's love a, that's that. a great scene oh my word and, and robert duvall is a returner to ccc oh robert duvall is amazing yeah. again what little movie does he happen to show up with uh, along with uh, marlon brando oh apocalypse that would be now. apocalypse yeah. now uh but we've also seen him in the movie a great movie by the way the apostle yeah oh my gosh great. Fabulous movie. I think I have the VHS tape. Yeah, that's how old it is. I don't play it anywhere, but I think I have But it's a good movie. I love him, even though it's, even though for those of you who are Jack Reacher fans, the Tom Cruise Jack Reacher is not Jack Reacher. We all know that. So we'll get over that. But Robert Duvall, as the retired Marine who runs the gun range in Jack Reacher, phenomenal. He makes the movie. Oh, I love him in that. I have to see that. We had him in a little movie we did here called The Seven Days of Seven Utopia. Days of Great movie. You love to mention this one along with uh, our uh, anchorman actor, Will Farrell, kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. He's good. He's Very good and that. hilarious. Uh, he shows up again in another movie. I think we're going to be compelled, along with 1941, to do Thank You for Not Smoking. He's in that. Yeah, and that's a good movie. You're missing three of my favorites here. Hold on. We're what getting there. Secondhand Lions. Great movie. I don't know I if you've seen it. Oh, my gosh. Second Lions. That is so good. It's two aging, adventurous guys who are uncles to this little kid. It is a great movie. 
Uh, and then, of course, an ode to all of you Tom Cruise people. And here's his repeat. There we go. Days of Thunder. That's one of my favorites. He's good in Days He's of great, Thunder. Great in Days of Thunder. And here's a movie that is just fabulous. And he has such a great role in it. The Natural. Oh, yeah. He's great so movie. good as the sports writer mm-hmm. in The Natural. Really, really good, strong movie for him. We love Robert Duvall. And? What else? Frank Barnes. Oh, original mash. Yeah, Don't he's forget. the original. He's the original Frank Burns. Frank Burns eats Not worms. Not as good, but yeah. he was he was in it. Yeah. And uh, colors. Oh, that's he was right. great in colors. Oh my goodness, it was uh, early Sean Penn, but it was good good movie. Yeah, and you know he turned down being in Godfather Three, which did? is interesting. Yeah, he did. What was he thinking? Cash wasn't enough. Cash. Cash. It always comes back to the cash. I'm sure the 1990 Godfather Three had a little bit bigger budget than six, seven million. It very well, could yeah. be. I'm not really sure, but I have. We'll said, we, Well, we, I don't know if we'll ever do that. We'll one. get out. Then playing the brother-in-law to this family married to Connie is Carlo, played by Gianni Russo. Now, Carlo is the character in the movie. You just love to hate this guy. In fact, <laughs> yeah. you know, there are no spoiler alerts in this movie, my friends. It's a 50-year-old movie. Yeah. It's on all the time. Yeah. You know, when, 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 he gets, no spoilers. when he gets offed at the end of the movie, you're kind of happy. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of happy. Yeah. I, I hate to put it that you, way. You know what's funny is Don Vito yeah. was always a man of his word. Yes, he was. Don Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don Michael, not so much. <laughs> hey, I'm the godfather to your child. Yeah. Right? You're, you're, you're the father to my my sister. Yes. You're good. You're good. It's all good. It's 30 all seconds good. later. <laughs> Done. <laughs> he's gone. He was but, good in uh, quite a few movies. But Gianni Russo, here's the funny thing yeah. is, he's in Super Mario Brothers. How do you go from the godfather to Super Mario Brothers? You I need mean, a check. I mean, there's, there's that moment in time when you go, am I really this desperate? I mean, that would be that moment. Uh, he did um, Rush Hour 2. And... Sea Biscuit, a that was going- really good movie, a uh, great movie. Now, wait a minute, he's in another movie with, uh, I think Al Pacino was in this, wasn't he? Which one? Any Given Sunday. Oh yeah, there I you go. That That's a great movie. He's in that one great with Pacino him. Movie. And here's a movie that I think again needed a paycheck. Seemed like a good idea. It really wasn't a good idea. Striptease. Oh, was he in that one? He was I in that one. one. Yeah, he was I was in going uh, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, chances are. Which oh, was a great little '80s romance comedy. I yeah. think people forget about with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Chances are, wonder. Of course, the soundtrack. Oh, you there know, you go. '80s music. So okay, so that's that's the Corleone family. That's what everything's going to revolve around those characters. But now let's talk about some of the other uh, criminal element that they interact <laughs> with. How does that? That sounds good. Criminal, the criminal element. element, not the so mafia. We, well, actually, no. I back up. We have one more we do need to add to the family. Oh, which one? Uh, and it is the godson to Vito Corleone. Oh, uh, yeah. You go with the yeah, family. Like, I think yeah, we got to include like him that. in the family, and that's Johnny Fontaine. Mm-hmm. He's the crooner, the singer. He's the... In, in real life. In, in real life, he's the Frank he's Sinatra. The singer, yeah. I mean, he's the Frank Sinatra character. It's yep, yep. played by Al Martino. Uh, he's in Cut Out, The City. But what you discover is... He really was a music performer. He is right. just like Morgana King, who played Mama Corleone. He was a singer. He made his money doing what, that. What was interesting with him is he was in one, he was in that saga TV fail, and he was in three, mm-hmm. but not two. Yeah, there wasn't much room for him in yeah. two, which that will do two one day. That's a guarantee. Yeah. 
I don't know if we'll ever do three. So now let's talk about the criminal element. So first we have Clemenza. Clemenza is played by Richard Castellano. And I love some of the things that he's in. Let's see if he was typecast. Hmm. The Gangster Chronicles, <laughs> Gangster the Wars. Gangster Wars. Yeah. Uh, then he's in the Night Night of the Juggler. Never heard of this one, did you? I've never no. heard of the Night of the Juggler. Uh, Dear Mister Wonderful, I have heard of that movie, and of course, Lovers and Other Strangers. Sure, sure, why not? He died in '88. He's yeah. been gone a while. Now playing Tessio, and Tessio is played by. Uh. Fish. Abe Vigoda. Now, we know him from television as Fish. Oh, yeah. Barney Miller. Now, he was Love in it. Barney Miller, but did you know they had a Fish spinoff that lasted all of a season? I did not. They did. And I you can, can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't do too well. You ask kids today, what is Abe Vigoda known for? Yeah. Snickers commercials. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> That's all they know. This I mean, he, know. he just died in 2016, but before that, he was in the Snickers But I want you to consider things he was also in. Look Who's Talking. That uh-huh. was a cute, cute movie one. back in the day. Cannonball Run 2. Oh, yeah. That know. was a big one. Uh, Good Burger. Welcome to Good Burger. No, we won't even go there. We won't go there. Yeah. Sweet Destiny. Okay. Now, here's your typecast. Witness to the Mob. Of course. Weird Science. He was in Weird Science? He was in Weird Science. And? I'm going to have to go back and watch. You're going to have to go back and watch. And wait a minute. Here's a movie that I know you love. You walked out on it and then fell in love with it later. I did. I should have stayed and watched. Joe versus the Volcano. He's he's pretty funny in that. There you go. Abe Vigoda playing Tessio. Now playing Barzini. And Barzini is one of the family heads. One of the five family heads. Played by Richard Conti. And what's really great about him is he's in the original Ocean's Eleven. Not yeah. this not this remake thing with all the pretty boys. We're talking nineteen sixty Ocean's Eleven. The he was in pack. he was in Naked City. Now here you'll love this one. He was in the greatest story ever told. He plays Barabbas. <laughs> There you go. He plays Barabbas, and then he plays in the Return to the Exorcist. Yeah, it kind of goes together. Doesn't he it? Does, sort of does. He's in the yep. Return to the Return of the Exorcist. He's in the Boss, and the the, uh, the other one, Shoot First, Die Later. Die later. I mean, <laughs> you can't tell me Richard <laughs> Conti one, kind yeah. of wasn't typecast a little bit from this. Um, playing Solozo, uh, Solozo is played by Al Lettieri, and I love the first movie he's in. Go, Gorilla, Go. I have never heard of it, but I want to go see it now. I'll pass. I think we're going to have to find I that thought, one. I thought the one that was The Don is Dead yeah. uh, had him a little typecasted, but it's really not. I mean, it, it is kind of a mob movie, too. Yeah, The Don a, is Dead. Thing, yeah. He's also in Bordella, a right. famous movie, and The Getaway. Now, playing Tataglia, another head of one of the five families, Tataglia is played by Victor Rendina. And I love this. Victor Rendina was buddy-buddy with Jackie Gleason, the old actor Jackie Gleason. He was in episodes of The Honeymooners. He was in The Jackie Gleason Show. Wait a minute. He shows up in All in the Family. <laughs> uh, he plays, he's in Trapper John MD television uh, show as well. That that didn't make it. And T.J. Hooker. He was oh, in yeah. T.J. Hooker. Uh you know, that's amazing when you think about the breadth and width of that career. But going from the Honeymooners, you're early on television. So, again, an old actor, uh, Victor Rendina. Now, personally, my f- one of my favorite characters in the whole thing, 
is Mo Green. Mo Green, the guy who's the founder of Las Vegas. Mo Green. Mo Green is an important man, Michael. You don't talk that way to Mo Green. Yeah, sure. Fredo, <laughs> you don't talk to your brother Michael this way is it what we learned. It didn't go so well for Mo. Now, Mo Green is played by Alex Rocco. You don't buy me out. I buy you out. I buy you out. I was making my bones when you were dating uh, cheerleaders in high school. Oh, I love that line. Now, Mo Green, uh, played by Alex Rocco, he's in everything. When you start looking at his, so he's in Don't Sleep, Smoking Aces, Ready or Not, The Wedding Planner. But here you go. Careers make weird decisions. He was in the really bad movie Dudley Do-Right. That would do it. Uh, he was also in another attempt of making a comic book movie with real actors, Boris and Natasha. He's in that. Yeah, that didn't go well. Oh, wait a minute. He's with Abe Vigoda in Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> and here's a good so movie. brought the Rat Pack back. But here's a remember, good, Sinatra was in that. This is true. We got to bring them all back. And then, of course, Get Shorty. Get, of course. Good movie. And he's a voice in A Bug's Life. I'm telling you, a lot of them like that. That That's really been huge for a lot of these people, especially when they're typecasted. They can go do something like that. Now, here's a great one. Playing another, one of the head of the five families, Cuneo, is played by Rudy Bond. And uh, Rudy Bond is in classic movies. The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. He's on. He's in the movie On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando, as well as A Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah, he's in that again. But he did a lot of TV. Yeah, he's also in Stand By Your Man. So he's in a lot of Stand really good... Stand By Your Man. Oh, no, not the yeah, no, Blues Brothers song. No, 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 okay, no. I'm sorry. Now, we're not going Blues Brothers here today. There, there, there will be no Bill Murray shout out or uh, <laughs> otherwise as well. And it's know. done. And All it's right. done. There, there it go. is. We There's move on. Mention. So those are kind of... Oh, and I let's not forget... Luca Brazzi. You oh, can't forget Luca, Luca Brazzi. And the I wrestler, love it. You love the wrestlers. Oh, Luca Brazzi's played by Lenny Montagna. And he was in the movie The Jerk, Fingers, Blood Song. This was his first movie. Yeah. But it launched a he, little career for him, a post wrestling career. He, he was a wrestler in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. There was also a question about bodyguard slash hitman for the mob yeah all of a sudden trying to become an actor yeah hey what better movie let's go to the godfather let's let's put it this way he was rock Dwayne the rock johnson before Dwayne the rock johnson he was he made the jump from the ring into the movies and what better movie to jump into first than the godfather so when he's rehearsing his part at the beginning of the movie and you see him outside going through how to talk to the godfather i love that somebody said they heard him doing that and said oh we got to put that in the movie yeah like he was outside like getting ready for rehearsal (laughs) doing that and they're like wait a second here and that became part of the movie it was so good it was great and then finally, we have to, I mean, folks, I know you think we're spending a lot of time on cast. We are. This is a three-hour movie, and we're going to take our time with the greatest movie ever made. Settle in, kids. Settle in and buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a great ride. And finally, we have the Italian sequence, and that's how it's referred to, the Italian sequence, when Michael Corleone flees to Sicily and is living there, and he meets Don Tomasio. And Don Tomasio is played by Carraro Giuseppe. And again, he's an Italian actor. I do not know any one of these movies, but I do know Marco Polo and a movie that, can read. and translated into English, Riot in a Women's Prison. Yeah, Sam and Sally. Yeah. A lot of Italian ones. Now, playing his bodyguards, uh, Fabrizio is played by Angelo Infanti. 
And he happens to show up in a little movie called Letters to Juliet. That was a very popular movie. I could see that. Uh, and then playing Kahlo is played by Franco Citi. He was in the movie The Mayor. Uh, and, oh, by the way, Godfather 3. Yeah, makes an appearance. So he makes an appearance. And then finally... the Same, la- same character. Yeah, same character. Same character. Now, last, way back. last but not least, playing Michael Corleone's love interest and wife... Well, while in Italy, in were, were they married long enough to be considered a wife? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were absolutely. <laughs> he did teach her how to drive. Uh, uh, his wife Apollonia is played by Simonetta Stefanelli, and she was in the young Lurizia, Close Friends, Scoop, The Big Family. But again, primarily her whole career is tied up in Italy, so that gives you a breath. And with of the cast of The Godfather. And as we look at this movie, and I'm sure most of you, if not every one of you, has seen some of it, part of it, all of it, multiple times. Because like I've stated, it's on all the time. Big time. This movie is moved and influenced about a... A criminally inclined family. How does that sound, Michael? Criminally inclined family. You didn't use mafia, so that's okay. I didn't use mafia that time. Um, hidden behind the doors of an uh, olive oil import company. And this is what Don Corleone hides his business, his illegal businesses behind. His family is structured as such. Sonny is the heir apparent to take over for Don Corleone. Uh, Fredo will be cared for because Fredo, to be honest, is an idiot and couldn't run the family business. Could not. And then Michael was to be the legitimate one. Michael was to be the senator, the mayor, the president. I even like when Marlon Brando goes, Michael, I, I never wanted this life for you. I wanted you to be Senator Corleone. Or Governor Corleone, or President Corleone. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen. And, well, that's not going to happen. That's not how it unfolds. So let's take a look at the movie itself. So as you look at how the family is structured, the movie really opens up with the wedding of Connie to Carlo. And this is where, if we understand Roman Catholic uh, theology and culture, A wedding is incredibly important, not just because it's a family celebration, but in the theological construct of Roman Catholicism, it's sacramental. It is people gathering around God's word in a God-ordained event where where they're asking God's blessing upon it. And, And as you referenced with Luca Brazzi wanting to come to the Godfather, on the daughter's wedding, the godfather would hear requests. Mm-hmm. And all these requests that are going to come to the godfather are for bad business, are for illicit activities. Something not good going on. Something not good. So here we have this wholesome sacramental moment. And what's going on underneath it? Crime. Justifiable behavior that is bad morality think about the unwritten rule that on a a wedding on a daughter's wedding a guy 
has to listen to these requests. I mean, the people obviously knew they were working on it. You know, Luca Brazzi was rehearsing how he was going to talk to the Godfather. The Godfather's making time to not only listen, he's deciding yeah. who he's going to have handle these things. Yeah, uh, I better get back to my daughter's wedding. Better get back yeah, to the wedding. Better. He's dealing with all, he's dealing with all of these shady you're deals. Love the cake that I made for your daughter. Oh, I love the. Just cake. make sure you take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you take. By the way, take care of this for me. But, but again, he's doing all these things. And he doesn't know if he's going to get anything in return, but he says to him, "Yeah, someday, someday, I may come to you, needing something. That day may never come. That's right. But, but I've got this. But just in case, got this in my got this uh, poker chip in my pocket, That's right. and I'm going to grant you this favor. However, one day I may come for you, and you may need to grant me a favor. <laughs> so oh, you have this. Oh. So this is how the movie opens up. So right away, we already have the stage set." That Don Corleone is the head of all these five crime families. This wedding is a huge deal. Everybody is there. And who's outside the gates of the wedding? I love this. Who's outside the gates of the wedding? The FBI. Oh, the FBI. And they're taking pictures of all the license plates. And who goes out there and busts it all up? Sonny. Sonny. Love Sonny. Sonny does. Sonny's angry. Sonny Sonny is not wired to be the Don. He breaks the camera, but he throws some some cash. Yeah, then he throws cash to pay for the camera. Sorry, I broke your camera. Flipping the cash to him yeah. later on. You know, so we, we fast forward. So here's this this marriage scene that un, that takes place. Can I back us up before yeah, you get into the marriage do. scene? Yeah. I, I really feel like this is a trilogy nowadays. First off, what Francis Ford Coppola does is he doesn't give us everything. He makes you think. He keeps it moving. Um, nowadays, this first act, the the drugs entering the issue, all of a sudden this these crime bosses. Yeah having to deal with this new thing. It's no yeah. longer gambling and, and women. It's 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 drugs. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, then we get into the whole revenge thing and Michael fleeing to Italy. And, and, of course, then we get to after the Don. I mean, you really look at this three-hour movie. Yeah. And nowadays, this yeah. is a trilogy. This is three different movies. This is three movies yeah. that they do in one movie. Yeah, very, very true. You know, so let's, let's talk about the drug thing for a moment. So, you know, the... The, they, the crime family heads come together. Mm-hmm. And Don Corleone is a holdout. He doesn't want to get into the drugs. Doesn't want to do that. And what's his big hang-up? He doesn't want them around the kids. Well. Good for him. And, and he says, politicians, they might look past gambling. They might look past prostitution. They're not looking past the drugs. That's right. We're not going to have them in my... You know, he knows. He's got those relationships. He yeah. doesn't want to ruin them. Right. Drugs pushes the envelope. He's got all the politicians. I love mm. the one line, and I think in the I think in the movie, it might have been Cuneo who says it. He goes, you got all the politicians in your pocket. We want access to those politicians. <laughs> you won't share. You won't share. I love that, you know. So again, it's this skewed Very morality, good. and the Godfather acquiesces to the request and okay, they're not going to sell it like in school zones, you know. There's a there's a good plan, but again, it's it's this justifiable uh, morality that is contrary to this looming Roman Catholic sacramental theology behind it. So there always there's always this stark contrast going on there. You know, they're very on one hand very Roman Catholic, on the other hand. They're doing everything contrary to Roman Catholic theology. Everything. Hey, as long as you give your money and do what they ask you to do. Yeah. Is there something you shouldn't do? Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so what happens? You know, we're now we're gonna we're gonna careen down the road, and there's a double cross, 
And, you know, who's the one who really gets shaken down in all of this? Michael, the Michael. one that is to be spared from this whole thing. And he gets sucker punched in the jaw by the dirty cop. You know, that's what happens. Oh, McCluskey, yeah. McCluskey. Bad, bad dude. And as a consequence of this, they want to take him out. They want to take him out along with the other gangster and the other criminal element. And so they realize the, the only one who can really do this and will have access to them is Michael. Mm -hmm. But Michael's not meant for this life. He's never done it before. And he's, oh, he's been in the military. Yeah. But not this life of crime. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're literally coaching him about how you're going to go about this hit, how we're going to make it happen. And you know? you're going to go into the bathroom. they got one of those old-fashioned tanks, and you're going to reach yes. up in the tank, and that's where the gun is going to be. And then and, you come out. And he doesn't do it well. No. You, you know, they, they tell him, come out shooting. He doesn't. He sits. He's, Drop the gun immediately. He doesn't. He's running out of the place. You and know, then they, he, they show I love he reaches back, and he drops the gun as he walks away. After yeah. he kill, yeah. and he shoots both of them they, in the face. They want him to just drop it slowly, so nobody knew that he didn't have the gun. And nope, yeah. not him. He was he was nervous. Yeah, he's never very nervous. done this. So again, here's the morality. You know the skewed morality that's going on in this it's movie. An eye for an eye. It's a, well, it's you know what it's self justification, it and is. you know real, this kind of moment. You know what this makes me think of is this is kind of Moses in the book of Exodus. It's. Um, Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, where Moses is still in the court of Pharaoh. He's doing his thing, and he comes wandering along, and there are the Egyptians to being hard on the uh, Isra on the Israelites, and the uh, he kind of kills them, kind of takes them out. Doesn't mean to. Uh, but, but that's what happens. I think he meant to, and it's kind of like Michael Corleone. Oh, he, he didn't want to walk into this, but he does. And, you know, that that is viewed as as morally reprehensible and wrong mm -hmm. and yet you can try to justify that well you know they were working the israelites real hard well you know they right. were double crossing us and he sucker punched me in the face that's what i'm gonna do and we do this in life all over the place we justify our actions to to somehow make it better than what it really was and that's yeah. why i think why we resonate with a scene like that, it's like, oh, I'm never going to pull out a gun and shoot somebody in a in a restaurant like that. But what do you do? What are those moments where... How do you seek revenge to make yourself feel better? And it's all about me. And yes. Now, Selfish. Michael, now mind you, this is what's so funny about Opposite the movie. Opposite of the sacraments. You know, Michael has been dating Kay Adams. He's introduced Kay. You know, she's at the wedding. Oh, come stand in the wedding pictures. No, 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 Michael, I'm not part of the family. Come on, Kay. Come on, come on. And all of a sudden, he shoots these two people, and he's gone, poof, disappears, vanishes, and he's in Italy. He's in Sicily, and that leads to the Sicilian sequence. That's a movie in and of itself. The second movie. That's it's the right. second movie. And he gets there, and he is smitten by Apollonia. Oh, it's such a great scene where he and the bodyguard show up, and they're talking to the restaurant owner. Yeah. Talking about this girl. Oh boy! You oh, should boy. really make sure you're not talking about the guy's daughter before you start talking yeah, about. Yeah, the guy's not happy you know, about but, that. But how does he handle it? He's very smooth. Better today that instead of her losing a father, she gains a husband. Oh, smooth, huh? That's yeah. a way to ask a father for his daughter's uh, hand nice. in marriage. He I thought, I thought that was great. And the Italian sequence is beautiful because Al Pacino really doesn't know Italian at this point no. in his life. He didn't. But everybody around him, they were all Italian actors and actresses. 
So it was a legitimate language barrier as he dates her, as he ends up marrying her, as he teaches her how to drive. Now, they're in Sicily, and the long reach of the crime family it's coming. goes all the way to mm-hmm. Italy. And Michael is teaching Apollonia how to drive. And all of a sudden, the bodyguards, and most particularly, his one bodyguard, Fabrizio, turns turns and walks away. And all of a sudden, Apollonia, who's sitting behind the wheel of the car, is no more. Apollonia. Blown away. Oh, Oh, my word. I can't believe you went there. (laughs) She was blown up. She done got blown up. It was not a good moment. It was a sad moment. Sad moment. Because you loved her. And Michael was he still... Loved her. He loved her. And he was still... He he had not given over to this justifiable morality completely. He was trying to build a life with her. He was very happy and in love with her. Oh, you could tell. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, he's coming back to New York. And you could see the difference between Michael, who leaves, was nervous, does it for the family, feels like he has to. He's a much harder man. That death of his loved one, you can see, oh. really hardens him. He comes back cold. Nah, that's part three now, baby. Calculating. Uh, and partly, why does he come back? Because we haven't mentioned what happened to brother Sonny. Yeah. So... A couple of things, uh, more more justifiable morality going on in this movie. So we have Connie married to Carlo, and Carlo is a is a physically abusive husband. You can tell he he sees himself as like like a Rat Pack type, uh, you know, crooner. Uh, you know, he he just has an interesting. He feel. doesn't fit with the rest he of the does family. Not fit at all. But the fact that he's beating the Godfather's daughter and the fact that they all know this but nobody is willing to do anything about it that's a weird culture thing well right there. it gets back to the sanctity of marriage and the husband and wife and we don't get between the two and we would tell you on christ culture and cinema there is never a circumstance by which a husband should beat his wife or for that matter a wife hit her husband we absolutely need to call that not. out absolutely not and Sonny, god bless him has enough of it and he goes over, and he gives Carlo a beating like nobody's business. Yeah. Leaves him lying there yeah. in the street. It wasn't the first time. No. No, no it wasn't. Yeah, he, he, he has the coming to Jesus talk with him. Yeah. And he does it again. He does it again. And and almost Sonny got set up. I really think that second time, I mean, mm-hmm. his, his brother-in-law had it all set up, had him set up. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the most... It, you know, talk spoiler alerts. Anybody who's never seen the movie, when you get to that point and he gets set up like that, you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, look for how is he going to get out of it. You never <laughs> dream that he'd get gunned down. Yeah. You know, and as he's as he gets set up there and he's out, the toll booth in the middle of nowhere, I just love that, you know, yeah. and he's blocked in and Sonny dies. Sonny gets mowed down. Again, this is that part of that, the the weird justifiable morality that goes on for an eye. among that criminal element. And it's this, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this. This is kind of the stoning the Stephen piece. 
Ah. You know, think yeah. about this. This is Acts chapter 7, uh, verse 54 in that neck of the woods of Scripture, where the justifiable action, you're preaching this Christ crucified thing, we will stone you to death. <laughs> Does that seem like a reasonable response? Hey, no. Saul was given the papers to go after all the, the people of the way. You know, and there stands Saul holding everybody's coats while they're stoning Stephen to death. Beat down. Death. Beat yeah. down. And, and this is what brings Michael Corleone back. So again, this justifiable morality, this is how people live. They think, I'm going to seek my revenge. It makes me feel better. It, it, it solves temporary. my problem. It's it a might. temporary fix. That's all it is. Better. And yet it is contrary to everything in, in, in our theological but, construct. You know, even in our world today, I just shared with you uh, earlier how my initial reaction to something was so frustrating, so angry. Mm -hmm. And yet when I finally stopped and thought through and, and reflected, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I better handle it. And, and I think that's where we see things like this. Sonny reacted. Yeah. You know, that whole thing, it's business, it's not personal. Right. It's when it's personal, you make mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. bad things happen. Most certainly. And, you know, as this movie unfolds again, now the Godfather, uh, ultimately, one of the crime families is going to mm. take a swipe trying to kill Vito Corleone. He ends up... Uh, Tries. You know, now, but Vito... Got is, six shots in. And he's, he's just... And he survives. Don Vito. He survives. He's Don yeah. Vito Corleone. Now, as he is aging, and I love this scene. You know, it's funny. I turned it on the other day. It was on television. Turned it on. Got right to the scene. He's out there with his uh, little grandson... Oh yeah, playing Tend, before he dies. He's, <laughs> he's uh, taking care of the tomatoes. He's spraying the pesticide on the you know the mm. stuff on the tomatoes, and he puts the orange in his mouth, and the kid's screaming. And it's like you can tell they didn't rehearse that. He really scared the little kid, and he has the heart attack, and he dies, and no more Don Corleone. Now who's going to be the new Don? The new Don. It's going to be Fredo. It's going to be, no. <laughs> he's the older one. Should we bring him home from Vegas? Here, this is what we would say in the South. Bless Fredo's Bless heart. Fredo's but he's heart. as dumb as a rock, you know. Uh, Let Mo have him. <laughs> oh, good heavens. So who's it going to be? It's going to, of course, be Michael. Michael Corleone. And what I love is that scene again, sacramental. I want you to think sacramental people in the Roman Catholic construct of theology, a funeral. You know, last rites, death, funeral. This is sacramental. You've had marriage. We've had marriage. We're about to have funeral. Now, now, we're, now we have funeral. Have we had Lord's Supper yet? No. Okay. No. I'm not sure if we got that. So we, uh, but we have the funeral, and in the midst of this solemn moment where Vito Corleone is died, where it is about, and, and you know, as a, as, a, as a pastor and Lutheranism, our rites are really not too terribly afar from Roman Catholic ones, so I can kind of go along with what the priest is saying and doing. There's Michael sitting in the front row. There's his mother. There's Kay. There's, because of course, when he comes home, he re rekindles love with Kay. Has everybody there, and they're doing business. They're observing the other crime bosses. They're they're already working they're on revenge. Mm -hmm. They're working and plotting and scheming. In the midst of a sacramental moment, they're bent on revenge. This justifiable morality comes oozing all over the scene. And, and whether this is writing or Francis Ford Coppola's directing or whatever, yeah. there's that great scene where uh, Don Vito tells him, the person who comes to you with this Banzini plan yeah. is going to betray you. Yeah, and it's that line you hear early. You don't think anything of it. Then yeah. right in the middle of the funeral, the funeral is um, Tessio. Tessio comes up to him and it's like, 
Oh, Tessio. Tessio, you want? No, we got got to have a meeting with, ben, with Benzini. You know, I, I can arrange a meeting. Yeah, the guy who comes to arrange it's the guy but that betrays you. In the you. middle of His moment knew that. of grief, in the yeah. moment of sadness, of the moment of where the word of God brings comfort of salvation unto eternal life through Jesus, they're conducting business. Business which is contrary to everything I just said. Yep. <laughs> And yet that's the that's the friction that continues to rub in this movie. And and what happens? He says, after the baptism, I'll take care of this. I'll meet with him. Yeah. Sure. After liar, liar. After the baptism. And we can go on and on forever with this movie, but let's kind of fast forward a little bit. And by the way, that funeral scene and the way they're plotting and scheming at that moment and what transpires after this, it 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 just screams King David. Uriah, oh, yeah. Bathsheba, setting up the plan. This is Second Samuel eleven. It's just screaming. This kind of I know how to take. I know how to take care of the problem. I'll take care of this. I know how to take care I of the guy. problem. I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. Best line in the movie: Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Take the cannoli. And it yeah. was ad libbed, no less. Now that leads to the great baptism, the great baptism scene, because Final Michael scene. is now plotting and scheming. That, that baptism, that sacramental, right? Oh, man. (laughs) Roman Catholic baptism is purely sacramental, and we as Lutherans fully agree and understand. Mm -hmm. And our right and service is identical to what is going on in the movie. Oh, my word. And they're doing it in Latin. We do it in English. If we were in Germany, we would do it in German. But the point is, this is the real rite of baptism. This is the, the entry point. This is the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is the washing and regeneration from sin. Good stuff. This is grafting into God's holy family. And this is how Michael sets up to kill the four <laughs> crime boss heads of the other families. And and, and the way they're breaking off. Yeah. We're, we're watching this baptism. Boom! Well, well, let's go back to the baptism. Well, no, no, let's... we got to set it up. All right. Because the priest, I love the priest, you know, is he says this... Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? And there's Michael Corleone because he knows all of this chaos is about to rain down. I do renounce them. Do you renounce? And he goes, I do renounce them. Michael Corleone. The do name you of the believe? The do, you, do you desire to be baptized? Yes, I do. And meanwhile, you're seeing his minions going out there, getting take all care set, or you take care of business. And let's not forget Mo Green out there in Las Vegas, too, because we're going to take care of that guy, oh, too. Yeah. And my, he goes, I baptize you in the name of the Father. All of a sudden, they, they the first one, they lock the revolving door. He gets shot and killed in the revolving door. I baptize you in the name of the of the son. And then we watch the one getting shot in bed, and the other one shot on the steps of the courthouse. Oh, yeah. Set up. I baptize you in the name of the Holy Spirit. And there's Mo Green, and he takes a bullet in the eye on a massage table. Oh, yeah. And as they come out of the church, this holy moment, this sacramental moment of God's presence where Michael has just wiped out everybody. All all the enemies. He says to Connie, <laughs> he says to dear Connie and Carlo, Carlo, you got to come with me. We need you to fly out to uh, out to Vegas. Oh, Michael, now it's the baptism. You know, we got to take care of this. It's got to happen now. And they go back to the compound. And what happens to dear brother-in-law Carlo, the wife beater? A little talk with Carlo about his his dealings. Yeah, and he says, and you're out. 
You're out. I love yeah. this. You're out. Not going to hurt you. You're the you're the father to my godson. You're out. And they get inside the car, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there's that in the back. Hi, Carlo. And I don't he, think I want to sit in the front if I'm in those cars. I never will sit uh, in the front uh, uh, of the front. a criminal element yeah. car. Notice we didn't say mafia again. No, no mafia. And he kills him with a piano wire. It's not good. Not good. And let's not forget about dear Tessio. Tessio comes to uh, he, he comes to Tom and he says, you know, Tom, Tom, can you can you can you help me out? Yeah, he comes and I love, ready to talk business. And I just, finds out he's in trouble. I just love Tom's answer. For, for old time's sake. For old time's sake. No. no. <laughs> It's not personal. It's business. It's not personal. Yeah, it's business. Sure. So again, let's get back to the skewed morality piece. This is really what it is. Justifying it's, your behavior. And that's exactly what it is. His behavior mm. is justified because these criminal this criminal element, these other crime families, they tried to assassinate his father. They killed his brother Sonny. He was he believed he had every right to do every one of these things. Mo, Mo was smacking around his brother Fredo. You know, there it is. Mo Green was abusing his brother and humiliating him. Yep. He had a reason for every single one. He's always looking for justification. You know, this is this is Saul before his conversion. This is every teenager I've ever taught. Going out, but this is Saul going in and dragging Christians out, yeah. men, women, yeah. etc. Justifying his behavior. He's justifying the behavior because it's contrary to what his belief is, and he's, he's going to the round papers. them all up. This is what he's doing. And people do this in the world. Like you said, it's every teenager you ever met along life's journey. And at the end of all of this... You know, Connie comes in, Michael, Michael. I love it. What she, are you doing? Yeah, yeah, she calls him a bastard. You yeah. and, and she's hitting him, and he hugs her. And you notice she kind of melts in his arms. Well, again, it's that fine line. She loved him. It's her husband. He was beating her. Mm. She's angry. Yeah. She's sad. And yet, there had to be some relief. Now, if you watch them like me, where one finishes and two automatically starts, yeah. and you see her with the new guy right away, it's like, Oh, okay. It turned out all right. Yeah, Connie's Good doing all right. Don't worry about Connie. <laughs> she hooked up with Rocky Balboa. Hey. How you doing there? You know. So Yo, Adrian. The movie ends as the movie comes to a close with this justifiable morality. Mm -hmm. Here comes Kay, his now wife. And don't ask me about my business. Don't ask me about my business. And Kay pushes, and he goes, "One time, there's one time, you can ask me." And he lies to her. And he bold-faced lies to her <laughs> we right in her it. face. We're all sitting there going, you lie. And then I love how the movie ends because she goes out in the hallway and she's getting a drink. And what, they come walking in. They shut the door. And they kiss his ring. And the moment she sees that, and then the one guy closes the door. Yeah. Justifiable morality is like that closing door, is it not? It absolutely is. It, we build a See wall. No evil, hear no evil. We build a wall between God's word and our actions and behaviors. So Wednesday night, the youth—you know—getting ready for the national youth uh, yeah. gathering, and um, I think it's the fourth devotion that all the youth are doing. It's all about rereading the Bible, rereading the Bible, right? And and it really. It's the idea of the game they had was called Grandma's Watching, and it was kind of like a red light, green light. But it's, does God, being all present and all knowing, give you comfort or fear? And it was great because I asked the youth, how many of you are comforted by knowing that God is always there? And a few hands go up. I said, how many of you are fearful knowing that God is always there watching what you do? And when Tim Skiles, one of our eighth graders, raised his hand again, I said, you voted twice. He said, yeah. I said, Perfect. Because there should be. There is that. It's that, yes, I feel comfort Jesus is there, but guess what? 
he knows everything you've done. Uh, and we're, we're guilty. Nice. And, and, and so that justifiable idea, I try to justify it, but guess what? You can't fool God. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And, and that's, that's the point, I think, when you really watch The Godfather, they're constantly challenging the moral boundaries by oh. which their own faith holds them in check. And they, they willfully and selectively ignore them yeah. In order to fulfill what it is they want to fulfill and do. It's a drug issue. Yeah. What did Don Vito say? Yeah. No. No, he was willing to give up the money, willing to give up the issue. He caused a yeah. problem, caused this war. Yeah. He didn't want it. Guess right. what? They get into the drug business. Yeah, they sure yeah. do. And it's not good. The whole thing is a mess. Well, you know, that really leads finally to our question of the day because this is such a epic great movie great three movies culturally relevant uh even 50 years later culturally relevant movie so how do you skew your own morality in light of god's word how do you justify your attitudes actions words and behaviors to fit what you want how you want, when you want. How do you take God's word and move it to the side in order to achieve what it is you want to achieve? And in so doing, how does that wear on your soul? How does that weight come down upon you? Because in The Godfather, we see it physically weighing down on Michael. Mm. He's aging before your eyes. And as a fast forward... The Godfather 3 has a phenomenal scene of confession and absolution, coming back to that sacramental Uh arc, (laughs) where Michael is going to confess his life to the bishop. And the bishop really tells him he's been a pretty horrible man. Yes. But a little cash makes it all better. Well, you know. (laughs) That's kind of what happens there. Um, what, what church was that? No, well, it wasn't no, our no, church. Right? Yeah. We don't have any in our church. No. Nobody's giving me cash. Nobody's giving you cash. Nobody's giving me cash either. It's just mm. kind of how it works. Now, this has been an epic, epic podcast for us because this movie your is favorite just... Movie? Oh, I love this movie. Can we do my favorite movie? Well, what is your favorite movie? Well, you know, it uh, has to do with a little gentleman who was accused of murder. Accused of murdering his wife, and he, he might not have done it. A man named Red little prison break hmm Shawshank Redemption baby oh the Shawshank Redemption's a good one so next week we're going to be turning our attention to Michael's favorite movie the Shawshank Redemption until next time we'll see you at the movies Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>